good for us to emphasize gratitude, giving thanks to the Lord, really in every season as we fellowship, we feast together, and we're grateful to God uh, for His provision, and we like to highlight that uh, every now and then through uh, these seasons in the life of the church. I'd like to do that this morning through uh, Paul's little letter of Philemon in the New Testament, just to share with you some more about my time and experiences while in Ethiopia. I've shared little bits and pieces over these last few years, but I wanted to, uh, to share some more about that and how that experience sort of shaped me and, and the Lord speaking through His Word uh, through that time. My trip to Ethiopia was about nine days total, six days in country. And I would typically wake up very early on those days with the team. Um, there were only screens with curtains in our hotel room, and so I would be hearing the little burrows and their carts along the streets, the dogs barking, the roosters crowing, uh, and this thing that I think was a duck. It was about this big. It looked like the size of a turkey, but it had a duck sort of yeah, uh, head, I guess. But it would land on the top of the hotel and just make this incredible racket, a sound I've never heard before or since. And uh, So I was up early. Um, and each morning I decided, I'm going to read through Paul's letter to Titus and this little memo to Philemon. And there's a phrase that Paul uses uh, in this letter that, that really captured my experience uh, with brothers and sisters uh, while in Ethiopia. So it's, it's a short, it's like a short email, a short memo from Paul while he's in prison, likely under house arrest in Rome. And uh, many of the names that we'll read here in Philemon, we also find in Paul's letter to uh, the Colossians. So likely these two these two letters uh, went together with Tychicus and, and the slave Onesimus. Uh, and somehow, Onesimus meets Paul, comes to faith in Christ. Onesimus is a servant of Philemon. It's possible that he had stolen some property, was on the run. We don't, we don't know all of these details. Maybe he needed a mediator uh, between himself and Philemon. But now he's a brother in Christ to Paul. He's a brother in Christ to Philemon. Um, and so the Lord has, has laid it either on his heart to return or, or Paul's obligated to send him back to his master to make things right. But I'm going to read this, this letter in its entirety here. And you'll hear that phrase um, that was so powerful. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphion, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. 
For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Paul's little memo to a brother in Christ has much to uh, teach the church today. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for these words, which are your words to us. We pray, Lord, that as we submit now to this word, that you would search our hearts, that you would teach us, encourage us, transform us even more into the likeness of our Savior. Lord, we thank you for the family of God. We thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ, those that we see right next to us in this place and those that we have never seen around your world. Lord, together, we offer you praise and thanks. Guide us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. It's probably not too surprising that when I traveled to Ethiopia, I was keenly aware of who was around me. I was watching people very carefully. I'd never traveled internationally before. Uh, I'd heard some stories about this, and so I was always watching. Um, you know, when you're a, a Midwest boy from America and you travel to Africa, you stand out everywhere you go. Uh, and so I was kind of, you know, I had the, the valuables kind of tucked away and, you know, just not knowing how people would respond uh, to me as, as we were going around as a team. Um, I could let this guard down a little bit when we were around those, uh, the students that we were, were teaching. We were in a courtyard and sitting out, you know, underneath the banana tree uh, going through our studies. Um, but yet there were, it was hard for me to, to really trust in that environment uh, the way I would have, have liked to. And even our, even our drivers, they wanted to be helpful. And they constantly, they kept asking us to, to take our bags. And, you know, we had a, a backpack. Um, I was carrying a backpack. And I was very reluctant to hand that over, not knowing where and when I would see it again, even though it was supposed to travel with us. Sometimes we went in two different, different vehicles. But in, after a few days, I would slowly hand over my backpack, saying, okay, um, you can help in this way. But I don't think that... Uh, that uneasiness, um, maybe that, that lack of trust. I don't think that's uncommon for us in our interactions, even, even here in the States, in our own communities. Um, I don't think we watch people with that level of, you know, uh, that, that, that level of uncertainty or, or distrust, you know, here around Little Rock. But um, I think in general we have a hard time trusting people really trusting them, maybe even in the church, um, so that we can you know, trust each other to do what's honest and right uh, and good. Um, 
We tend to be guarded. Um, maybe we've been burned. Maybe we've been betrayed in the past. Um, and so that posture of, I'll just do this myself. You know, I'll, I'll carry the backpack. You don't, you don't really need to help me. I'll get her done. Um, rather than risk the relationship that goes into building that trust. Why risk this? We can just as easily uh, do things ourselves. Uh, so we can learn a few things here from Paul's memo to Philemon about trust. Um, and here in this note that's intended to be read by the church, by those meeting you know, in his house, how does the gospel here really inform Paul's message, the way we communicate, the way we trust one another? Um, and we learn that, that Paul writes with great gratitude. Um, his appeal is, is presented as a gift to, uh, to Philemon as well as himself, and he closes with the confidence of God's grace. So gratitude, gift, and grace uh, is the way I want to look at this. And so the apostle you know, he greets this house church and then offers this prayer of gratitude for the life of Philemon. And the majority of Paul's letters are like this, where he starts with a greeting, a prayer, then you have the body of the letter, and then a closing. So he's recalling, he's remembering the faith of this brother, the love that he has known through uh, this body, uh, this brother through the body of Christ. Um, it's encouraging to him. He's grateful for this. Okay? And he prays that this would continue in Philemon's life. That this faith would bear much fruit for the sake of Christ. And all those that he meets. And not everyone that Paul has you know, witnessed to on his missionary journey uh, you know, was like this. There are many who have ignored the message. Many who have rejected uh, the message of Christ. Uh, some following for a while and then wandering away. Uh, you know, verse 24, we read the name Demas. He may be a good example of that. One who was with Paul and then deserted him later on. Uh, but Philemon is, is not this person to Paul. He's not one who has left him, but a faithful brother that he can trust. Um, and so his gratitude comes from remembering um, this brother. Refreshment uh, that he could provide. Um, there in, in verse 7, it's the, the first use of that phrase that captured my experience so well on this trip. A heart refreshed by the saints of God. So there's a joy, there's a, a comfort for Paul in a place that was not comfortable at all for him. That he could still be encouraged and confident that the saints are being looked after, that they're being refreshed uh, in their faith through Philemon. Um, and it's a refreshed heart that is really at ease with what God is doing, at ease with how God is providing. A refreshed heart that takes comfort in His love. When I listened to our Ethiopian brothers and sisters, um, you know, they would, would pray in private, um, and then we'd have these little little times of prayer before uh, our teaching opportunity. Uh, my heart was refreshed by their sincerity, by their honesty. Um, I taught a, a group of, of ten folks uh, outside, but halfway through the week, uh, after we had a little time of prayer in the morning and there was some conversation, grabbing something to drink and, and I heard singing. I looked over underneath the banana tree and here the group is singing. There are three or four females in the group and harmonizing and I couldn't understand a word they were saying because it was all in Amharic. Uh, 
but uh, singing at the top of their lungs, um, just feeding off of each other in this, and in a very you know, random time in the morning. So I went over and I just sat with my eyes closed and listened uh, while they led me in this uh, praise uh, service. But a refreshed heart, um, genuine gratitude to God inspired their song. Even, even 8,000 miles away from home, I was assured of God's presence and His work uh, as I sat there with them. And that's my prayer for us. Um, individual journeys of faith that we are on as a church, uh, that the hearts of the saints would be refreshed through us as God's people. You know, to those who visit Trinity Fellowship you know, or join us in a study somewhere along the way, do they leave refreshed by the Spirit of God? Are they able to say, certainly certainly, God is among them. He's in their midst. Um, and even our homes, our homes should, should be this type of atmosphere. Um, again, we may not be praying or singing at every moment of the day, but the presence of Christ should be known through our conversations, our hospitality, our interest uh, in others. That's where, that's where deep joy is found. So I want us to be known as those kinds of people, as, as that thankful people, known for our gratitude. Uh, we want to be those who refresh the hearts of our brothers and sisters. And the apostle, uh, he prepares his brother here for an appeal. Uh, it's the type of character that Paul commends in Philemon. That's what's going to be necessary in order for him to, to follow through and respond to this appeal. It's so in verses you know, 8 through 20, that he makes this appeal based on the fellowship of faith uh, that he and Philemon have. And now Onesimus shares with them. Um, this is now a brother in the Lord who has come back to Philemon's house. Think of what a gift this is. I'm sending, you, I'm sending you my very heart, Paul says. This brother is more useful to you now than he ever has been before. And Paul never tells Philemon directly to release Onesimus. But he approaches this whole, the whole situation, the whole idea of slavery, the institution of, of slavery was common in that culture. He approaches this with the love of Christ. So directing Philemon's thoughts, directing his attention from what may be expected in, in society around him um, with, with the lens of the Gospel. He's to receive and treat this servant just as he would receive Paul, a beloved brother. Uh, so we, we presume here that uh, Onesimus is ready to, to come back. He's ready to make amends with Philemon. They would continue in his service, but only now as a brother in the Lord. So Onesimus' you know, return is a gift to Philemon. A gift for, for his house, even more so for his faith. Um, and it's in this type of atmosphere where you have, you're seeing this through the gospel lens, the gospel of, of forgiveness and reconciliation. When that's lived out, then all that's opposed to the gospel begins to, to, to shrivel. Um, institutions like slavery, you know, places where, where one owns another that they can't survive in that context it will it, it dries up um, in that 
atmosphere of Christian unity and love. Um, so Paul, he's already written to the Galatian church where he said this, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There's only male and female for you're all one in Christ Jesus. So there's no partiality within the body of Christ. Yeah, the church has now grown by one person in Onesimus and that is a gift to Philemon. Even more so, Paul is willing, he's willing to pay the debt on behalf of Onesimus, which should be laughable to Philemon. That's kind of the point. Um, Paul is a spiritual father to him, and that's you know, he's willing to be inconvenienced for this brother. Um, selflessness, this enacting of the gospel, spills over in the life of the church. Um, doesn't make it easy, doesn't make it convenient, um, but living out this, this gospel only draws us deeper into the heart of our God. You know, many that joined us for training in Ethiopia, many of these pastors, worship leaders, uh, they'd sacrifice a tremendous amount just to, I mean, for their faith in general, but to even be there to go through this training on how to interpret and teach the Word of God, um, the distances that some of them traveled. Um, and many of them had come out of either time in prison or they'd come out of time in the early 90s where Ethiopia under communist rule. Um, that drew them deeper into Christ. Um, it really solidified their commitment uh, and witness to Him. And so they're just hungering for more. Hungering for this. You know, look, look at what we've been given. We just want to take more of this to those who've not heard. Uh, in the land of Ethiopia. We need this, this training. Um, when we look at verses 16 and 17, again at verse 20, we can't overlook the gift that this whole appeal is to Paul. This whole interaction. Um, Onesimus has served Paul. He's an encouragement to him. They've enjoyed fellowship together. So even as, as Philemon receives him back, he's receiving Paul himself. This would be a gift for Paul. Great refreshment to Paul's heart. And that, that there is the only command that Paul gives in this entire letter is in verse 20. Okay? I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. What's interesting here, fascinating, the, the language, the word for benefit is onai, ona, let's see if I can say this right. Oni, oninami. Oninami, I think, I, I think it's close. Which sounds strangely like Onesimus. Um, not a common verb at all. And so Paul's probably you know, pulling out a little wordplay here. Yes, Philemon, you will actually be a benefit, an onesimus to me, if you follow through. So he's subtly you know, reinforcing um, obligations that come with the fellowship of the saints. Um, a refreshment to his heart. The fellow pastors, fellow students that were there, um, they spent time with, they were, they were a refreshment um, to me, building up um, not only in you know what could be shared together um, in our faith, but the trust that was given, um, trust that was given to me, and being able to to offer some of what I have learned. Um, and on the the Friday before we left, um, several of them shared just takeaways from through the interpreter, takeaways what they had learned throughout the week. And, and almost all of them would end by saying, we have a responsibility of what's been entrusted to us. You've taken what's been entrusted to you, and now we're going to pass that along 
to others. We want to share uh, what we've learned. Um, Beautiful reminder of Paul's words to Timothy. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also. So that's what our team was attempting to do uh, in our time there. And they embraced that. um, Refreshing the heart by entrusting the words of life to others. So what I experienced on this trip, what, I, what we're seeing in correspondence here between Paul and Philemon is a unity, um, a unity that should exist uh, among those who respond to the gospel, wherever we may be. Um, there's a mutual interest in one another, an interest in the maturity of our brothers and sisters. Okay? should be our desire. That the person sitting next to you, in front of you, behind, um, is maturing in Christ. Uh, That we'd be able to contribute to that in some way. um, For mutual benefit, mutual refreshment uh, in the Lord Jesus. Um, And as as you and I walk in obedience to Christ, we are enabling one another to do this. We're enabling one another to to succeed, to mature. Um, It's a great gift, a great gift. Of refreshment. Finally, we see that, that Paul's appeal here is out of Christian love, um, not based on, on the expectations of the culture, what he's seeing around him. Um, he's not obligated by the Roman judicial system to send you know, Onesimus back. Or, uh, he's appealing to his brother with a great deal of love. Um, in verse 21, he, he, again, he's not He doesn't tell him to free Onesimus. He gives Philemon the freedom in the gospel to make this decision, uh, to respond in a way that he judges best. Um, What response is going to exalt Christ um, and be a refreshment to his brother's heart? Um, He has the freedom to choose. It's up to him. Um, And so because there's no coercion here, he's not trying, Paul's not trying to win an argument. He's not trying to prove himself. Um, I mean, that's typically, I think, how we would respond um, in our arguments, and our conversations. How do I show myself to be the correct one uh, in this situation when we can be humbling ourselves before the Lord? Even on this trip to Ethiopia, there were some, some places as I watched some team members and things unfold around me where it was hurtful to see, hurtful to see among some of the leadership. When someone has to show their credentials and keep showing and play that leadership card over and over again to try and secure respect or to cover pain, I mean, that's, that sort of has a, a reversing effect for the leadership. Um, but Paul doesn't play this card. Um, he does something even more powerful here. He takes, uh, takes great strength to be able to trust a brother or sister to do what's right and to honor Christ. Um, so we, you know, we pray that that uh, you know, as Paul did, that they that our brothers and sisters would do even more than what is asked. Um, and this is risky, right? There's a risk that goes along with genuinely trusting in the gospel. Um, are we able to trust like that? Okay, what's keeping us from doing that here within Trinity Fellowship Church? One other, one other nugget that we can take from Paul's approach here as believers in the Lord Jesus. Um, 
the surrounding culture doesn't determine our behavior. Or at least it shouldn't determine our behavior. Our behavior is driven by a love for Christ um, and a desire to know Him, to love Him. That's what moves us. It's, it's the gospel that empowers uh, our work and our worship. So Paul Paul's willing to risk this relationship, to take the, the burden of Onesimus upon himself um, that, that there would be reconciliation between these, these brothers. Now think of Christ, the Lord Jesus, who took the greatest risk. He's rejected that there might be reconciliation. There might be a refuge and restoration for us to our Master. Uh, That's the repair of the Gospel. Um, The grace of God, the repair of the Gospel, is what brings us into deeper fellowship with one another. And that's Paul's desire as he prays, as he writes, looks to Philemon to refresh his heart, prepare for this visit, prepare through prayer that God may graciously you know, grant him an audience with Philemon again, that they can mutually encourage one another. And before I left Ethiopia, it was on the last day, we were done with the, the teaching sessions, done with sharing what was happening. And, and uh, the, the 10, 10 or 12 that we had in the group, they, they sat me down in the chair and they began to, to pray over me. And they, they put their hands on every part of my body that was exposed. And they pushed their prayer on me. Um, literally pushing me into the chairs. I could feel it at the same time while they're, while they're praying. Um, praying, expressing their gratitude uh, for the time that we could have together. Praying, thanking God for the fellowship and, and what had been entrusted to them. And, and desiring that we could be together again, desiring that our team would return and be able to, to spend more time. Um, so as we, this letter really shows a tremendous respect, a tremendous grace within the church. Um, only in Christ can Paul make this appeal. Um, and so we're seeing that the transformation of the gospel here, enabling us to be reconciled, Enabling us to trust when trusting others can be very, very difficult um, for deeper community. So incredibly powerful. Uh, really grateful to have known these brothers and sisters in Ethiopia even for a few days. And to know that we share in one family uh, for eternity is, is a great comfort. Um, and we're not sure here how Philemon responds to Paul's words. Um, we have to wonder if this letter would have survived if he had not responded with grace and love toward uh, his brother. Uh, so may that, may that be us. May, may we be those who refresh the hearts of the saints. Um, and we may find that as we do that, uh, that others will grow and rise to the level they're given credit for. Um, when we treat them with trust, we treat them with the confidence that we have in the gospel. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, you refresh our hearts through your word. Lord, we thank you for this little memo that, that Paul, that you've given us through Paul, um, showing us how we can love one another within the body of Christ, um, the risks that it takes to, to trust one another, but seeing that uh, grace that you give, Lord.
that encourages us and refreshes our own hearts. We pray that you would use this word to teach us, to remind us again of your covenant love for us, that it is the gospel that truly brings repair and transformation in our relationships. And as this brother of Paul and Philemon brought into your family, the family of God, can now serve alongside one another uh, in the life of of your church. Um, Lord, you've called us to this, to serve alongside one another, to encourage one another, um, and build each other up in the faith. We're grateful, Lord, that you go before us, that you enable us to do this by your Spirit. We offer this in Jesus' name. Amen.